Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. On today's Billie Jean King Cup Day 1 Catch-Up. Australia sinks Slovakia. Great Britain succumb to Kazakhstan. And Tennis Weekly gets a press conference shout-out. Chris, today is the 8th of November and we are here to catch up on day one of the Billie Jean King Cup finals in Glasgow. We've had two fantastic ties today, Australia versus Slovakia in the day session and we've just got back from Kazakhstan versus Great Britain. I know I've just said that we are recording on the 7th of November but we're going to be recording on the 7th and 8th of November because I feel like as always, like Prague last year, Billie Jean King Cup, it always goes late, matches always go long, and uh, yeah, we've had a we've had a pretty full on day, haven't we? It has been all go from ten a.m. until the <laughs> last leaving of the media bus at eleven p.m. It's been eleven hours of tennis. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's tennis a, journalism. It's unbelievable. I know we've had some we've had some great seats, we've had some great matches, singles, doubles. I mean, of course, we were in Prague last year for the event and I was really curious to see you know first time in Glasgow you know great for us you know cheeky little cheeky little flight up from from London but um how was it how you know what were the kind of first impressions before we get into the matches what kind of first impressions walking into mm. the arena how did it compare for you I'll, to uh, Prague I'll start with not the cheekiest flight from Copenhagen to Edinburgh <laughs> and then a coach transfer to Glasgow um, so I cannot say that it was the easiest, but um, in terms of, of getting hey, here... Hey, try saying that to the people who've come from Fort Worth to Glasgow. And I think some Australians might have been there yeah. all the way from Australia yeah. today. So I think I should not be complaining, but um, we had a simple transfer over. I was very impressed with um, the nature of the setup this year. I think the biggest difference for me is that Court 1 and Centre Court, mm, you can walk yeah. between them. They're very close. The fan experience is very much um, together and last year we were denied access to oh, court one we didn't I didn't even know where court one was to be honest it was like it was like across the road uh, you needed a separate ticket yeah it was all very confusing whereas here it's literally it's a little bit for me like the Australian Open like the uh, Rod Laver and I think is it Margaret Hisense. Court or High Sense yeah, yeah they're like literally just across the like across the, yeah. the galley aren't they yeah it was I really liked that I like the fact that um, we were able to mm. Uh, have a little peek. Although Court One was on action today, we did see some of the teams warming up, and it's actually a velodrome which they've adapted. It's quite cool, it's isn't really it? Cool. I didn't realise that, but it's quite an interesting tennis venue. I can't wait. We're going to see some tennis, proper tennis, on there tomorrow. But it wasn't in in action today. But to see it, yeah, inside a velodrome's really really unique setup, isn't it? Super unique, and I think it will be um, a bit of a challenge for us going between both. I think we'll have to, maybe we'll split up tomorrow. <laughs> um, it could be the case that you take 
uh, Belgium, Slovakia, and I'll take um, are we drawing lots? Italy. Are we drawing lots for that, or are you? Is your heart set on one or the other? I need to see Benchich Trevisan. That is an absolute <laughs> must for me. You, you keep, you kept talking to me earlier, or we kept debating, didn't we, about Trevisan, Trevisan getting to the semi-finals of the Roland Garros after making a quarter-final. I, mean, before. I think some people unfairly brand her. Is she the worst semi-final? Worst ever semi-finalist I think at a you, Grand m- Slam. you might have called her that for the quarterfinal previously, so <laughs> you probably have to stick to your word on that one. Mm, yeah. But I'm sure other people have slipped with the net previously. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, we did have we did have tennis today, and uh, we're going to get on to the first tie, Australia versus Slovakia, in a bit. But we're, of course, we've got to start with the tie we've just had: Great Britain versus Kazakhstan. Now, unfortunately, Kazakhstan did come out winners. They won 2-1. They won both of the, the singles matches. So they were already kind of 2-0 up. The atmosphere, yeah, was a little bit kind of muted. Um, not from the, the Kazakhstanis, but from, from everyone else. But um, yeah, it was slightly kind of disappointed kind of way to, I think, kick off GB um, getting there. But before we get into that, what was great was, you know, we've, we've been in the press conferences. We've been asking all the players, you know, different questions about their their matches the podcast got a shout out it did indeed this was um unprecedented in a press conference <laughs> i must say but um we were in the the final press humble conference brag humble brag after um after the the doubles had finished of the gb versus kazakhstan match and we put a question to um the girls who just played alicia barnett and olivia nichols and Olivia um, responded to the question before we before answering the question fully, <laughs> saying, "Could you just give um, start by uh, saying her best friend Amy listened to the podcast and just wants to give her a shout out?" So, Amy, this is your if shout you're out. Listening, I'm hoping you're listening. Exactly. Otherwise, this is all for nothing. But yeah, extra special shout out for you. Yeah, it gave us a a warm fuzzy feeling when uh, we were asking the questions. And to be fair, I mean. Let's start with, with Nichols and mm. Barnett because they would have definitely had a warm, fuzzy feeling walking off the court. I mean, they probably would have had a warm, fuzzy feeling walking onto the court because it was their Davis Cup. Davis Cup? Billie Jean King it's the Cup. Billie Jean King Cup. Her name's <laughs> on the trophy. <laughs> Billie Jean King Cup debut. They've had a cracking season. They got to the final in Lyon, mm-hmm. uh, the 250 earlier on. I think that was their 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 WTA Tour debut. They got to the final. They've only been playing for like less than a couple of years. So... For them to come to come onto the court, face Rybakina, Wimbledon champion, and Danilova, who has come from, who is one of the players who's come from Fort Worth, mm. so a very handy doubles player, to get that win in straight sets, you know, that's a that's a dream debut, isn't it? I mean, it really is. I think the only thing that kind of takes away from the dream debut is obviously the fact that it was a it was a dead rubber mm. in this tie. But the nature of the competition is that. Rubbers do come into it yeah. in terms of oh, each thing. Wow, let's hope it gets interesting. <laughs> Otherwise, that's something we have to talk about in terms mm. of the the Brits might be out before they play their next match. But in terms of this match, um, I was very impressed. I think it really did make the point that players who know what each other are going to do that really helps in these clutch situations. And I think we've seen that before, mm. where you put two singles players together or a singles player and a doubles player and they don't know exactly what they're going to do and obviously when you look at the talent level on the court taking nothing away from um, Alicia and Olivia but when we've got a top uh, a world number 11 in doubles and we've got the Wimbledon champion you'd think that the talent level from them would would get them through it and um, really proficient really really great doubles and some of the volleying was Mm. spectacular I think they rose to the occasion amazingly well they handled it well 
they were pumped up and I'd say that had the that tied the best atmosphere of any of them today. Mm. And it I was th- a dead rubber. Well I think what was interesting was they they were remonstrating with the crowd to get them involved mm. and they were feeding off that energy. I think a little bit more so than as we saw, I think, from Harriet Dart and Katie Balter, I don't think there was necessarily as much maybe interaction with the crowd. And you can tell that they were absolutely kind of reveling in the situation. And, you know, for me, as you said, you know, these, although in, in theory it was a dead rubber, technically, you know, GB had already lost the tie. It could come, you know, it could come down to it. And, you know, the, the Kazakhstan uh, team went out there to win. And, you know, for Barnett and Nichols to get that done in straight sets... The, the level that they showed, I think the chemistry that they showed really kind of helped, you know, with their positioning on mm. court. I was really impressed specifically with the their transition from the back of the court to the front of the court. Mm. I think for me that really gave them the edge. And mm. it might have even taken, um, you know, Rybakina and Danalina by surprise. I can't imagine they would have known much about the pair. But certainly by the end of it, they were they were left... Kind of with a lot of lot of questions to answer. Yeah, and we put the question to Anne Kyobathong afterwards in terms of selection for this match. Um, the question that we had was around, you know, there's been a lot of focus on Davis Cup. We've mm. seen and heard a lot from Dan Evans about uh, the fact that he does think that top singles players um, are at times better suited and should be playing in those doubles rubbers. And so what was really interesting was when I asked the question to Anne today that she did say that it is a case-by-case basis, but today they always knew they were going to put Barnett and Nichols in this one because they thought Robikina um, and uh, Dan, Danalina they had not mm. um, seen much of them you know they're kind of an unknown quantity to them and it felt like putting a different a different sort of player a double specialist um, serves they haven't had a look at practicing returning because mm. by the end of that Robikina match she was pretty dialed into Harriet Starts game and I think um, the surprise package proved to be Really important, especially in straight sets. It's so important when it comes to getting that rubber. I mean, it's interesting you talk about because, you know, they are double specialists. And as a result of that, you have to take both of them on. Mm. And, you know, they were brought in very last minute. Six days ago. Yeah, six days ago. After Radicanu, you know, dropped out. So if that hadn't happened, I mean... Um, the point I'm getting to is a doubles specialist in this format. Are they a bit of a luxury because of that? And you might want to prefer having a singles player. And as a result of that, it feels like you know, maybe like the best a lot of teams can hope for is one double specialist with one good singles player. Where actually, you know, we've seen today actually having two double specialists really can pay you know pay your dues on the court. I I do agree. I think last year we saw an awful lot of strange combinations. Mm. Um, which didn't necessarily work. And I think when you do have those players who don't play doubles week in, week out, like Rabikina, like it's surprising that she played this match, for some people might think, considering they'd already won the tie, but she needs the doubles practice because these two have not played together before. So I think having the luxury of players who don't have to have as much court time as possible, who already know what each other are going to do, means in those clutch moments, they've been there before, they don't have to have any confusion. And a couple of times we did see players slightly surprised by some of the moves people made mm. um, because you don't have that. It's more almost a, uh, you're, they can be on autopilot for certain moves and, and patterns of play that they have. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we'll, go, we'll get on to the, the, the singles results because mm. although, you know, it was a very good, uh, you know, win for, for Barnett and Nichols and they were, you know, absolutely chuffed to bits and, so they should be. It was disappointment in the singles for the Brits. Katie Balter and Harriet Dart losing. Balter lost in three sets to Yulia Putintseva. That was the first tie. 
4-6-6-3-6-2 to Putintseva. And then Rybakina beat Harriet Dart 6-1-6-4. I mean, let's start with Rybakina because, you know, she was on double duty. She played singles and doubles and she wanted to get to she wanted to get to bed as quick as possible, didn't she? She was very clear in the in the press conference afterwards. Just she was like as soon as she sat down, she was like, make it, make it quick. And quick it was. <laughs> it was almost as quick as her, her first set. <laughs> I was gonna one. say, well yes, I mean the Ryback in a Dart match, it was it's a hard matchup for Harriet mm. Dart. You felt like she was I think in the press conference after she said she felt she played she, she played did play well. well. She did play and well. But at the same time, it was very for Rybakina. She was able to just handle what was being thrown at her, and um, mm. you know, for me, I, I think you know, I was speaking to you whilst you know this match was going on, and I can see how Harriet Dark can put a really p- good performance together against someone like a Daria Kasatkina when it isn't necessarily a power game, and it's more on variety and moving your player across the, you know, across the court, and you know, you're getting into these kind of extended rallies. But against a player like Rybakina. Dart at times was I felt like overwhelmed by the the power and the aggression that that Rybakina beholds and and yes there are times when unforced errors do creep into Rybakina's game and that that is an opportunity mm. for our opponent but I certainly felt with this performance today it was more like the Wimbledon champion I think that we saw you know in those two weeks in the summer yeah I think that's completely fair I think Harriet she made it clear and pressed I didn't think she played a bad match at all no. um, she was hit off the court in the first set. Rebekina started very quickly. She was just hit, hitting winners for fun. Um, and then I'd say in, in the second set, Rebekina did go up a break. Uh, and she said that she played, like, Dart played well, but she did have a loss of concentration. And I would say the 6-4 was slightly generous to Dart because if Rebekina had kept that going, it would have been a lot quicker. But having said that, if Dart, a couple of points here and there, it's very easy to see how a big hitter, if you go off the boil, mm. it can go off the boil quite quickly. So... Um, at times in that second set, we thought maybe it would go to uh, be a bit closer. Yeah, um, yeah. There was like a mini. It was a mini fight back, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. That, that second she set. Did, she from, definitely from did Dart. herself justice. Um, mm. But it was more the first match of the day was definitely more of a, yeah. more of a fight. I think. Yeah, I think if we're looking back on that tie and, and where you know there could have been an opportunity for GB to win the tie, we needed to get off on the right foot. And to an extent, you know, we did. Katie Bolter had a great. You know, first set, you know, winning it 6 4 against Patinsifa. But then Patinsifa sort of reeled her in. Balter talked about in, in her press conference that Patinsifa changed her tactics. Mm-hmm. And actually, she was playing to her advantages um, a little bit more in that first set before changing it up. And it almost felt a little bit like Balter wasn't able to adapt or, or really mm. know kind of what to do. And as a result, kind of Patinsifa took over. But talking about that first set, though, I mean, to me, I was like, where, where has this Katie Balter been? Because we see her, and to me, she is very much a, a big game player. I think she you know, rises to the occasion at Wimbledon. I still remember that match she lost to, to Sabalenka. I think we were both... We were of, both there, yeah. We were both there for it, courtside, and, and she played a fantastic match. Naomi Osaka, that first set she won in... Um, where was it? It in, was Melbourne 1. Yeah. yeah. So, like, she's had... She, she can put great passages of, of play together, and... and I feel like it's always the the consistency that always sort of sort of lets her down, and there's always going to be that drop that her opponent maybe senses and, and is waiting for that moment to pounce. Yeah, I think we have to mention she had a great grass court season again, where she mm. had some great wins over Pliskova. She is able Birmingham to quarter final exactly. She's able to pull together some really great results, but I think outside of some of those moments where there is the home support or a big stage, she doesn't necessarily always bring the best out of her ability. And I think today I thought. 
she might be able to. I think she did in mm. sort of that first set. I mean, she's got a great record. Uh, for G- yeah. I didn't realise how good her record was. Well, but she lost has only lost twice, and it's both to Put and Saver, yeah. which is quite surprising, really, um, considering she's only played her three times. Two of them happened to be in um, Billie Jean King Cup. But I think she made it clear in the press conference she wasn't injured. A lot of people asked about that in terms of the strapping that she mm. had. Um, and they were always worried about her shoulder. Um, but no, she said it was just her, she didn't yeah. serve how she needed to. And if you look at some of the numbers, um, her serve for the match was down at 57% of first serves and only winning 64% of them. Whereas if you look at the third set for Put and Saver, first serve was 81%, winning 82%. So Put and Saver's numbers went up. And Katie Boulder started to retreat a little bit from her game plan of mm. going for the winners. She wasn't trusting her shots no, she wasn't, with the variety that was being right. given. And um, I think it was uh, very surprising that she, Katie Boulder came in and was like, I know exactly what happened, but she obviously wasn't able to do anything mm. to rectify it. So that would have been the question I would have put to her if we'd have asked one in, in that press conference. Um, but I think for her... There's a missed opportunity there. But overall, I mean, it's just a shame that all of the matches because there were two really, really great matches. And I think that the Rybikina one we always thought would probably be um, a mm. step too far. But a great first showing, I would say, yeah. considering yeah. they are without um, Emma Raducanu. Yeah, well, exactly. But having said that, I mean, if Raducanu was still there, would we have had... Barnett and Nichols, uh, you know, make their make their debut. There's wow. all these, you know, all these questions. But I think, you know, for, from a GB point of view, it was great for them to get a tie because the format of this event, you know, it is brutal. It's, it's brutal. Three teams in one group. It it generally can come down to it can ma- be over before it starts. Yeah, it's crazy, and you don't want to. You don't obviously want to start with a three nil loss. So just to get a tie on the board, I think was you know fantastic achievement. And I was always curious by the fact that. You know, GB were coming into this off, you know, losing in, in qualification. And for me, that made me think, do they feel this extra pressure or, or the, the feeling that they need to kind of prove themselves and or not even kind of get embarrassed, I think, by what is a, you know, a quality field, a quality field of, of nations here. And I certainly think with this result against a very game Kazakhstan um, side, um, they've shown that they can they can they can mix it. Mm. Um but they, yeah, it's, there's still that sort of Radicani factor of, are we at full strength, are we not? But I think it was a, a decent performance overall. Yeah, I think it's a shame that the narrative is the way that it will be, that mm-hmm. we're in the Harriet Dark press conference and the match is over, the headline is done. GB lose on home soil, yeah. they didn't qualify, and you can write that story, but I don't really think that's representative of the matches that we saw and the level that we that they brought, because... Having said that, if Katie Boulter was able to maintain the level across two sets, for example, and Putin Saber hadn't mixed it up, then this could have been a win. And that's the thing that I think with all of these matches, um, anyone can win, anyone can lose. When you play for your country, your first tie ever, you come home with a famous victory. So it's all to play for and we'll see how Spain handle the pressure against Kazakhstan tomorrow. We'll see how Spain handle the pressure and how they handle the Kazakhstan drum. Oof. The Kazakhstan drum in in the in the crowd. I have to give the winning edge to the Kazakhstan kind of. Felt like we were in Astana, ultras. didn't we? Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> Where's Djokovic? Where's Djokovic? Medvedev. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. I mean, they were great. They brought a lot of atmosphere. Um, I'd say a little bit more maybe than the, the British fans. And again, I think you know, I, I look at kind of how. The body language of, of Barnett and Nichols versus, mm. you know, Dart and, and Bolter. And certainly I think they engaged with the fans a lot more. And, and maybe that's what helped 
you know, give them a little bit of an extra spark. But certainly the Kazakhstan created that, you know, fans created that atmosphere that I think, again, helped, yeah, helped their, uh, mm. helped their team. For sure, for sure. And I think that's something that um, the Australians always give 100%. And mm. we spoke to Tom Janovic today and, uh, and when she actually did it on court interview, said the same thing. It's the best week of the year for them. Yeah. And I think that's something that is so true. I think that with the Brits, it's true as well. And I think that's why Barnett and Nichols were so that's pleased to be That's because Tom Janovic is hearing me scream from the, you know, from like Rose Ed. Mm. Come on, Tom Janovic. Come I on, didn't t- hear that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think in the press area, we were very quiet. Um, we did not make a single noise. Wow. We are bipartisan at all times. Um but I think that they always bring a great atmosphere to the court, the Australians. And, and colourful. They definitely bring a colourful atmosphere. They are atmosphere. very colourful. You don't like the Tom Yanovich outfit, do you? The, I love how they embrace the green and gold. I just think you're that... You're not sure. If you, if you're, I don't like an off colour. So I know what the <laughs> correct colours are from the flag and what people should oh, be wearing. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a, you know, a, uh, some design liberties were taken in the oh, colour palette there. Fine. Um, well, it didn't affect it didn't affect the result for for Australia because they defeated Slovakia two one. And again, we had two singles victories for Australia. Storm Sanders, and for me, a little bit of an upset against uh, uh, Victoria Kuzmova six four six three. And then we had Alia Tomjanovic. You know, it has to be said, absolutely steamroll Schmiedlova six one six two before Kuzmova and Mihalikova defeated Perez and Storm Sanders. I thought, actually, it could have been an Australian clean sweep because mm. I think they're quite strong mm. in the doubles, given, again, they've got some double specialists there who have very, very good pedigree. But, yeah, what did you what did you kind of make of, of Australia? And you know, do you think they're a, a force to reckon with? Because when we were there watching, so I think someone said, I think one of the, the commentators said, the number one, the number one ranked team in in the world, which 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 took me back a little bit. I don't. Is that right? That is correct. I think that might be partly because Russia are excluded from that ranking. Yes, and I and know, they have Storm Sanders in their team. They have Storm Sanders in their team, and they did win it the year, uh, or they got to the final the year before. So they've got some good results mm. um, when it was against France. I think was that twenty nineteen a few years ago. So they they have had some good results. I think the rankings when it comes to these tournaments is almost irrelevant if your top players aren't playing and at the time yeah. probably Ash Barty was someone who was on the card so no I think last year they, they were the underdogs they had the same team it was Tom Janovic and Storm Sanders they were down Gavrilova but Storm Sanders had a great win over Mertens mm. last year in fact all of the players who were on court all were there last year so it's good to see that they all got picked and they're all mm. still performing well because they, they, they spoke about team spirit mm. in the uh, you know in their I think, I think it was Tom Janovic speak about team spirit in their press conference. And it is, it is I think, a, a factor. And you can certainly see that, I think, in the Australian team because there is that continuity. There is that consistency. They know each other's game. And, you know, they really are kind of there as a group and as a team. And mm. I, I love seeing, you know, I love seeing that. And I think that's what I think is great, actually, about mm. kind of these team, these team events and seeing those, all those individuals come together. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's great for Tom Janovic after the season that she's had, a breakout season, career high ranking, two Grand Slam quarterfinals, mm. Um, and she's playing great tennis. I mean, a six-one-six-two. She had a really tough match um, last year against Sasnovich, and mm. she wasn't yeah. the number number one in no. the in the way that she is now for Australia. So, being able to come out and have a bit of a statement win like this, I think, is something that's really important and representative of her season. And that's great. And Storm, not yeah. the best singles experience so far this year, but put her in an Australian jersey. And... Oh, I know because they don't have because Gavrilova is injured. injured. 
And so Storm Sanders was on double duty mm-hmm. for Australia. And we were sort of thinking, you know, is she the is she the secret weapon of Australia? Because she had a very good win against Kuzmova, which I would have said Kuzmova is the better singles. Would have the edge. Yeah, was the better singles player. But then she did, and she, I was a little bit surprised she lost in, in the doubles. But certainly for me, if, if Australia are going to perform well in this tournament, I think it certainly helps if, if Storm Sanders is firing on a singles court, which... For me, was probably the biggest. For me, is the biggest kind of question I think going forward for for mm. them as a team. I think we learnt last year the number two singles is so important, mm. and getting that right and picking the right players for that. The number one singles, there's not really much you can do about that if you're the number one ranked player yeah. that you're going to play each other. She had one of her one of her best, se- if not her best season. It was her best season, season yeah. Year. So I think that makes sense on the matchup. So it's the one where you can sometimes uh, play around with it a bit more is that number two single. So mm. good decision from Melissa Mollock. She really backed Storm. Uh, there were many Storm jokes that were made <laughs> from the very, very loud um, No Priscilla MC. Hon and no no Sam Stozer. Sam Stozer's there. I was, her 19th year I know. representing her country. I was devastated. She's not made it out onto the doubles court. But it is crazy. 19th, 19th year. It just shows, I think, the, the camaraderie they have that, you know, I just want to stay yeah. involved as, as long as possible and you know to have someone with the experience of Sam Sosa in your team is probably a very good even if maybe she's not going to get onto the court has this wealth of experience Ooh, to help I'd have played her today oh really she's had some great double success who would you have put, put her with uh, Storm 100% mm, okay. I, I think Adam Perez was the, was the weak link on court today okay. but interesting um, I was going to say shall we look ahead to tomorrow's action yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do have... Jam-packed. I know, because we do have court one. We do have court one. Both courts. We have four times The Velodrome tomorrow. court. I know it's called court one. I'm just going to call it the Velodrome court. And then we've got... Bring your court. bike. <laughs> Bring your bike. Shall we bike. cycle to the Emirates? Oh, my God, shall we? A warm down. Um, yes. Yes, so on centre court tomorrow, we've got Switzerland versus Italy. And then we've got USA versus Poland. And then on court one, we've got Slovakia versus Belgium, Spain versus Kazakhstan. So quite a quick turnaround for Kazakhstan. Uh, probably why right back in the in press conference was like, make it quick. Um, but um, yeah, where are, your, where are your eyes looking to tomorrow? Are you Trevor Sam, Teichman, Benchich? Well, I think I'm going to split my time. I think I will be on centre court uh, for the morning match. And then mm. all eyes will be on court one. Daniel Col- Oh. I have to say it because I need to know how GB is going to do. Um, because I also need to get that question in to Rybakina, which I didn't manage to get in today about how's her doubles play. Um, yeah. How disappointed go- is she about not playing with Emma Radicardi at, the, at, at Washington? Washington? I mean, that was... That, that was Dim- Dimitri Tursunov's, like, master yeah, plan that was for, happen, for But having said that, I think I will be uh, in the evening session just running between the two, yeah. going from... The USA, if Taylor Towns is on a court, I'm going to be there. We'll have to see. But um, where are you going to be, Joel? Well, I think for me, the big question on everyone's lips is, is Elise Mertens going to turn up for Belgium? Is, where is she? Is she on a flight at the moment? Is she... I think, she's, I think she might be on she? a flight. Where, is she going to be on, you know, in Double the Double duty, we need her. Is Double she, duty. Is she, is she going to be asleep? She got jet lag? Um, because, yeah, she was in the, the WTA end of season finals final in the doubles defeated Krujikova and Sinyakova the number one seed yes I know in a, in a me, tie break caught me by surprise but she'll be riding on a, on a massive high but I'll be very curious to see how 
much she has used um, given, yeah, the, the, the very, very quick turnaround. I mean, Coco Goff, I think, has already made that trip. So should and see she's her in... voted as well. She said that she'd voted in the midterms. Yeah, so, so yeah. she's been very busy. So but... I'm I'm curious to see these players who are jumping from Fort Worth to Glasgow. Jet lag watch. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see, will they will any of them get out tomorrow? Will they play tomorrow? Or are they just gonna be making up numbers, which seems to be the most popular <laughs> phrase on the podcast at the moment? We've learned not to use but that phrase. Yeah, we're not gonna lose that again. But um yeah, for me I think that's what I'm I'm sort of interested in. But I think yeah, Switzerland, Italy We've got um, some great singles ties to look forward to and some great action to look forward to as well. So we are going to be back tomorrow for day two. We're going to be wrapping up, as always, all the action. So I hope you can join us for that. But we are going to end this catch up on day one of the Billie Jean King Cup finals. And I hope you can join us for our day two catch up, which will be out on Thursday the 10th of November we're going to be releasing it in the morning we'll record the night before but we will edit and get it up in the morning I am not that nocturnal but uh, I hope you can join us for that but in the meantime it's goodbye from Chris goodbye and it's goodbye from myself we'll see you again soon